welcome to the Ziggler Inspire Podcast. Ziggler Inspire Podcast. Hello and welcome to Zig Ziggler's Inspire Podcast. I'm Blake Lindsay, your host, hoping you're having a fantastic day. Today we will hear from Mr. Ziggler as he shares his story with us of growing up in the Depression and how his life experiences have really shaped his current philosophy. This was recorded a few years back, and sadly, one thing he says on this podcast is no longer true, since this was recorded when one of his children, Susan, passed away. He has gone on to write a helpful book about that experience, but I did want to clear that up before we listened. Let's hear Zig tell his story, and I'll be back in a few minutes. What I'm going to do now is I'm going to share with you my own story. Now, the reason I share with you my story is because, you see, I just happen to believe that for most of you, my story is your story. With three exceptions, you and I have walked in the same pair of shoes. The first difference would be this for some of you. I have never lost a mate or a child, either through death or divorce. I do not know how it would feel to have suffered that loss. I can say to you, I know how you feel. But the reality is, try as I might, I really cannot know. Because how could I know the depth of your love and your feeling for your loved one? Second thing that I would like to say that we might differ on is I have had somebody who loved me all of my life. It's true that my dad died when I was five years old. It's true that times were very tough, that six of us were too young to work. It's true that uh, money was short and a lot of other things. But my mother always had plenty of time for loving me and all of my brothers and sisters. My older brothers and sisters also loved me. When I got married, I was so lucky and so grateful that I had a mate who has always loved me. And I can safely say that she loves me more today than she ever has. And I love her more today than I ever have. I have four children. I'm safe in saying that each one of them loves me. I'm doubly fortunate in that my three sons-in-law and my daughter-in-law, they also love me. I have just been so blessed in that area. The third area that we might differ on or might not walk the same pair of shoes as this. I've always been healthy. I've never had any emotional problems. I have never had any serious physical problems. And I can say to you, I know how you feel, but the reality is I really cannot. But as far as being discouraged, as far as being uncertain about what tomorrow is going to bring as far as not having a clue as to what I was going to be doing or how I could handle any number of situations, as far as being broke, I have walked in every pair of shoes in this room today. So in so many ways, our story is the same. I was raised in that little town of Yazoo City, Mississippi. I was raised there during uh, the Depression, We survived after my dad's death. He died on Thursday. My baby sister died the following Tuesday. We had five milk cows and a big garden. I was milking cows before I was eight years old. And I know that some of you here today and some people who will be listening to this recorded series are city slickers. And you don't know a whole lot about cows. So just let me tell you something about cows. They don't give 
milk. <laughs> now, <clears throat> I don't know what you can, uh, can do with that information, but, uh, but there it is. You use it as you see fit. As a youngster, I worked in the garden and did all the other things that my brothers and sisters did. I was very small for my age. And in those days, uh, you know, we didn't have poor self-images. In uh, those days, it was low self-esteem or more appropriately, inferiority complexes. And one of the manifestations of a poor self-image is uh, that you're impatient, you cannot solve problems. I mean, you got to get on with it. For example, when I disagreed with somebody, if we could not solve it in 10 seconds or less, I would just rear back and bust them one. And I never discriminated. Whether they were bigger or smaller, whether they were black or white or anything in between, I would just bust them one. Now, a Mexican boy broke me of that habit. <laughs> I have never been as glad in my life to see Miss Street, my third grade teacher, come to the rescue. But in all fairness to me, I got to tell you, I about scared that poor guy half to death. I mean, he thought he'd kill me. Now, I learned a lesson there. As a youngster, I definitely had a very strong inferiority complex. I went to work in a grocery store before I entered the fifth grade on Monday. I was just nine years old. I worked every afternoon after school and all day Saturday. I was a teller in a grocery store. Now, I'm not trying to impress you with the title. That just meant I told people to move while I swept. I mean, I was not in management is, uh, is what I am getting at. In those days, I made 20 cents for working from 3.20 in the afternoon till 7 o'clock at night. I earned 75 cents from working from 7 o'clock in the morning till 11.30 on Friday night. I earned a grand total $1.75 a week working all of those hours. I know what it is to need a dollar and want a dollar. But I learned an awful lot of things. For example, my boss was a former school teacher. And when I would drop a grammatical boo-boo uh, right there, he would always correct me. My father died, as said, when I was five. He became a surrogate father. Every Wednesday afternoon, he had a big farm. He used to take me out to the farm and uh, let me watch him as he talked with the laborers who were farming out there. He showed me by example an awful lot of things. I remember vividly one day when a man came in with some kind of a promotional idea and I sat there, you know, as a 10-year-old listening to it and boy, it sure sounded good to me. Uh, my boss never even considered it. And when the guy left, I said, Mr. Anderson, why didn't you go along with that idea? And he said, well, he said, you know, I don't know a whole lot about what he is talking about. But he said, I learned a long time ago that you can't make a good deal with a bad guy. If his word is not his bond, you better walk away. I found that to be true all of my life, that you can't make a good deal with a bad guy. When I was uh, 12 years old, I added a paper route to my everyday activities. On Tuesday and Friday night, I delivered the Yazoo City, Mississippi Herald. One night a week, I collected for that Herald. I was a busy guy. 
When I entered my 12th grade, I moved next door. The man who'd been running the butcher shop there in Yazoo City at that little piggly wiggly store was named Walton Haining, and he wanted me to come next door and uh, work with him in the butcher shop. I worked with him that last year. I got in the uh, Naval Air Corps, and incidentally, there's nothing that's ever happened to me that gave me as much confidence and boosted my image as much as getting in because I got in toward the tail end of the war and very few were making it in. I'd always considered myself below average and yet for some reason I wanted to fly those airplanes so badly that I applied so I could get in. And when I made it, you cannot begin to know what that did to my image. I was to report for duty on July the 1st, 1944. The night before I was to leave, Mr. Haining, the owner of that uh, meat market, took me aside and he said, Zig, the war is winding down. I know you'll be back in a couple of years. I'd like for you to work for me when you get back. I said, well, Mr. Haining, I don't think I'd be interested in that. And he said, well, why not? And I said, well, there's just no money in a grocery store. He pulled out his tax returns from the year before. He said, let me show you something, Zig. He said, last year, after all taxes, I earned $5,117 for the year. Now, folks, as we approach the 21st century, that sure doesn't sound like a whole lot of money for a year, but that was $100 a week that he had earned. And let me tell you what you could do in 1944. You could buy three pounds of good bacon for 27 cents. You could buy a 25-pound sack of good flour for 55 cents. I bought a little jacket for 87 cents. I'm here to tell you that $100 a week in 1944 was a ton of money. He said, if you will come back and work for me two years, I'll teach you everything you need to know about running a market. I will help you get your own location in another store. I'll help you get your credit established and you can own your own business. Man alive, I couldn't wait. The next day, I was so excited I was going to go off to war. I was going to get that thing over with. I was going to come back. I was going to work for Mr. Hain in two years. I was going to get my own market and I was going to earn me $5,117 in a single year. I was motivated. When I got in the service... On July the 1st, on September the 15th, 1944, 9.06 p.m. at the YWCA on State Street in Jackson, Mississippi, I walked in to the YWCA for the first and only time I ever went there and standing over by the Nickelodeon, how many of you know what a Nickelodeon is? A record player was this prettiest little brownhead, uh, auburn-haired red girl I'd ever seen in my life. Man alive, did I ever fall for her. I went over to her, and with an enormous amount of originality, I said, Hi. <laughs> with equal originality, she responded, Hi. And the courtship was on. Now, I got to confess to you, when I first saw her, you know what I really wanted to do? I wanted to walk over and I wanted to grab her and I wanted to hug her and I wanted to start kissing on her right then. And that's what I wanted to do, I got to tell you. But if I had, I would have skipped too many steps. And I can guarantee you, she would not have been my wife for the last 46 years. Now, I make that point for this reason in life. There are a lot of steps, folks, and you've got to take the steps. That's the reason in this series we diagram a lot of steps that you take. 
It is not an overnight thing. And if you've been going down one path for many, many years, don't expect to instantly reverse the whole thing. But you one step at a time can do it. You can eat an elephant a bite at a time. You can accomplish some amazing things if we build the right foundation and take the right steps. It always makes me smile to hear Zeke talk about his wife, whom he affectionately refers to as the redhead. They are still going strong, traveling together, and certainly enjoying each other's company. After nearly 63 years of marriage, it is a joy to watch them continue to care and show their love to each other. What's your story? What has happened in your life to shape your life perspective? I would love to hear your story. Feel free to email me at blindsay, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y, at Ziegler, Z-I-G-L-A-R dot com. Until next time, I encourage you to live your life to the fullest. Ziggler. Ziggler. Inspiring true performance.